I am feeling good tonight. I am excited to be doing this tonight. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. And instead of something cheesy, funny, or some forbid I had cooked up, I'm just going to give you two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Welcome to Unbuckled Comics. If you're new, welcome. There's a liability form on the back table next to the Phantom Zone projector. Please don't touch. Don't touch. If you are returning, thank you for your continued support. I am Unbuckled Cape, your host of this little comic podcast. And today, we have a sidekick episode. Woohoo! Yeah, get it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I am joined by my good friend, Jared. And he stopped by and we uh, set up my little uh, Cape Cave here and talked about Superman, Last Son of Krypton. Before we head out on patrol, let's let's gather some intel. Before we head out on patrol, let's gather some intel. I have social medias, Facebook and Instagram, both of the same name, Unbuckled Comics. You can keep up with upcoming episodes. You can see... Oh, sorry. You can see our Capes Detectives clues and solutions. That most of the time comes out on um, Instagram. I do tend to favor Instagram over Facebook, but I'm trying to remember to share both. Um, As well as some videos. I have one cooking up right now. Um, Part of it is going to go on to the socials, and then the other part is going to be a Patreon-exclusive and what I did was um, we have a, a game show now, and for the characters for that show, I sat down Mrs. Unbuckled, and I had her try to guess character names. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and um, she didn't do too good. So, But yeah, so if you you know check out our social medias for that video coming out, I don't know when I'm going to get it posted. There's, there's some editing I got to do, uh, but yeah, so anyway, speaking of... Of Patreon exclusives. I have a Patreon. I do. I do. And I have um, Patreons, which is wild to me. And on said Patreon, we like to do things like uh, invite you to our Discord, which is a wonderful place. Uh, we're actually a, a very close-knit community there, and um, they are uh, a group of a bunch of people that I consider friends, and I am so humbled by the fact that they uh, spend their their money on me. Uh, two bucks a month is is what they spend. And before I get into the rest of my uh, spiel, let me send out the warmest of thank yous to Storm Beagle, Sergeant Pickle, Jared, who is on this episode, Big Kid, Seven Eight Two. Because 19 and Fallen Snow Kiku. If, just just for some of you, because I, I think there is one, if you signed up for the seven-day free trial, I actually can't see your name in my list. But if you do decide to stick with me after the seven-day free trial, you too will get a big thank you on the next episode. And I appreciate you even picking up the free trial. So, um... What do I, what, what, what's this? It's $2 a month. What does that get you? Is that what I heard you asking? Say, say again. 
Okay, so for two bucks a month, you get our solicitation episode. That is where I go through the big named uh, comic publishers and I pick out all the new number ones uh, for series, limited series, mini series, and one shots. And I tell you about them, price, uh, what month they're coming out, etc. You also get a Unbuckled and Unscripted. This month's Unbuckled and Unscripted was an Arkham Origins review, but I really didn't review the game. I looked at the game and did a deep look at the characters, and I discussed whether or not I thought it would work in the world of comic books or, you know, worked itself as a comic book. So that was this month's uh, Unbuckled and Unscripted, our Patreon-exclusive episodes. Also... Um, I had mentioned earlier that I had Mrs. Unbuckled sit down and try to guess a bunch of names, and uh, that whole video in its entirety is going to be Patreon exclusive. I am going to cut it up and send a bunch of it onto social media, uh, but the big video is going to be uh, Patreon exclusive, and I'll release that as soon as I get time to edit the whole thing. Uh, it was uh, a lot to do. <laughs> it took us a long time to get it done, and it's going to take me even longer to release it. You also get um into the discord that i've already mentioned which is awesome it's a great place to hang out a uh, very supportive group and then in said discord we play a game called capes detective let's talk about that right now uh this past week on capes detective our mystery character was sandman picked out by captain alcatraz and I thought for sure that I was going to win this one and stump everyone. I went with a picture from a comic panel where Sandman, or Dream, if you will, appears to John Jones, and Martian Manhunter refers to him as one of his, like, hundred names that the guy has. So I knew it was a name that no one would pick up on, and of course everyone guessed Martian Manhunter, which is what I wanted to have happen, and they were wrong, and then I posted Raven, and I thought people were either going to uh, guess Raven or Trigon, and a couple people did. But then Papina swooped in out of nowhere and guessed Sandman. So she has our character picked for this upcoming week, which will be the character that we are on when this episode is hitting your ears. Um, so congratulations to Papina for winning her first Capes Detectives. Um, also... And I don't, I, I, I gotta change this. I don't want this plug to keep going. So, um, we're starting a little game. We're starting a little game, and here's how it's gonna start. That's what it is. And we are going to be doing it. Every week, we are going to have our Patreons vote and comment on who they think would win in this certain tournament, and it's not always a fist fight. Uh, this one, for example, is our Masters of Fear, and what I have is we, as a community, the Patreons, the uh, Cape Crusaders, if you will, and myself selected, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 characters I put them in a random bracket generator switched them up and I have now a tournament of fear every week our patreons will vote I will read their comments and I will not put my opinion in I will not vote myself because at the end of this tournament we are going to have a 
episode where I just sit down and I tell you guys how you got it wrong or how you got it right. So, for our first round, our first matchup, we have Carnage versus Man-Thing. Um, and I was a little bit surprised... Man-Thing takes down Carnage in the Patreon poll with a score of 60% to 40. So let me write that down right here. Man-Thing, moving on, Carnage, out. And I am surprised because I think the reason my my surprise comes into play here is I don't know much about Man-Thing, but I know Carnage. I know Carnage is an absolute psychopath and a killer, but Storm Beagle... He wrote in and weighed in on his vote. He said, I wouldn't want to meet either of these creatures out and about. Man-Thing is a straight Lovecraft-looking horror, though, and I think he would tear Carnage to pieces. That's pretty interesting, um, to be honest. I I did not see anyone voting that way, uh, but I appreciate your input there, Beegs. And uh, I completely agree. If you've never seen Man-Thing... Uh, now that our votes are in tabulated and I have it announced on here, I'm going to be putting posts on the social medias of, you know, who is the master of fear in this round. And, uh, again, Beagle hit the nail on the head with how I look at it. I wasn't looking at it as who would win in a fight. I was looking at it who manipulates the use of fear better. So, um, the Cape Crusaders voted and they claim that Man-Thing takes round one, match one. Next week, we're going to be voting on Psycho Pirate versus Scarecrow. And while we're at it, let's run through the rest of this. Parallax versus Galactus. Joker versus Nightmare. Batman versus Phobia. Spawn versus Sinetro, Sinestro. Sorry. Silver Banshee versus Mr. Fear. And Psycho Man versus Deathstroke. That is our bracket, and next week, as I said, Psycho Pirate versus Scarecrow. No, look, I, I really am actually shocked, just because of, like, I thought Fame would play a lot more into that, just knowing that Carnage is more famous than Man-Thing. But um, I, I now that I am wrong on the first one, I am super interested to see how the rest of this goes, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun hearing your guys' opinions on each and every matchup. Um, so, before we jump into the episode with my buddy Jared, what have I been doing I've actually, uh, I don't know if I got to mention it on the last one that I finally finished Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, I typically keep a big AAA game going and then like a smaller indie game, typically like a 2D platformer or something of that effect. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule was my uh, quote-unquote palate cleanse for this time around. I finished that up, so now I am just um, chunking away at Tears of the Kingdom as far as reading. I have finished Extreme, or I'm sorry, I finished the Death of Extreme Venomverse, and I'm not sure what I'm going to pick up next. I'm thinking thinking maybe uh, Batman the, well, let me think about it, because I always want to call it the animated series. It's Batman the Adventure Continues Season 3, I believe, is what I'm going to start reading. Maybe tonight. 
Um, but that's all for this intro. A, a little bit uh, longer than normal. I think that's probably how it's going to go with our couple of games that we have going around. And um, hopefully you guys are enjoying what we have set up for our our Capes Detectives and the Unbuckled Tournament. And hopefully you guys enjoy this uh, episode with my buddy Jared. All right, welcome to another Sidekick episode, and welcome for the first time, my buddy Jared. How are you? I'm not doing bad. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. Uh, so, you haven't read many comics comparatively to myself, or um, I guess that we're going to have later, or maybe even E period, but. Um, no, I've, I've read. A few in my day, more than I would say maybe the average person, but not as many as you guys. So are you a nerd? Oh yeah, big old, <laughs> big old fat nerd. <laughs> um, so it was actually you and I who went to New York Comic Con. What a blast. And it was your idea, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I always wanted to go to a, a, a what they call a mainstream Comic Con to see, to take everything in, the cosplaying, seeing the real big name, you know, artists and comic writers and stuff, it, it was really cool. Uh I don't want to turn this into a Comic-Con episode. Uh, maybe we'll do one of those down the road. We should. But uh, what was your one favorite thing from... from? Ooh. Probably... Probably the Artist Alley and just seeing all the different artwork down there and the different pages they had for sale and just some of like the, the unique pieces that they drew that were not in comics or anything. It was just their take on something in the comic world that I just thought was really cool. I think me and you both bought a... A random drawing of something. I I have actually two, and they're they're right behind your head. The one is the the Venom clawing the Spider-Man mask that is a take yeah. on Doomsday with Superman's yeah. cape. Yeah. And then the other one is a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and Batman one that, that was, I bought. That's sweet. Yeah. So um, I I actually do remember when we were going home. You said if we do that again, you wanted to spend more time in Artist Alley because we kind of hit that place last. Yeah, yeah. We we probably missed out on a lot of good art. <laughs> yeah. Um, will we do it again? Uh, probably, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Soon as soon as life kind of chills yeah, out a little bit. Yeah, let's say when the, the rules and regulations get back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we are popping out kids left and right, too. That's true. I'm done. I got three, I'm done. Yeah. Well, I know I'm not done. So, anyway, um, do you like Superman? He was my absolute favorite up until probably... The age of 18-ish, 20-ish, somewhere in that range. Because as a kid, I mean, Superman can do anything, right? He's, he's the alien that can do anything. And I, I just loved it. I just loved the, the, the Boy Scout aspect. The all is good no matter what. So I, I kind of like ended up typecasting you as a Superman fan. Because mm-hmm. one time we had a conversation about who would win, Batman or Superman. And you said Superman. It, it, let's put it this way. If, if the rules are... Anything goes. It's it's a thirteen millisecond fight, <laughs> but if it's Superman trying not to hurt Batman, yeah, Batman has a real good chance because he's more willing to do whatever it takes. But I mean, let's be honest, Superman's power is is absolutely insane. And my argument is, there would never be a situation where the two of them are in a no bars exactly. fight. Yeah, so. yeah, no holes barred fight. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so let's just quickly glance over some of these the creators. Uh, the big name on it is. Uh, Joff Johns, mm-hmm. yeah. Johns, yeah. Um, 
he is the writer and actually CEO of um, Mad Gross Productions. Uh, a lot of New 52, JLA, um, a lot of JSA uh, from issue like 99 to uh, uh, 111. Aquaman, Green Lantern, The Avengers from like 1998 to 2004, Booster Gold, Infinite Crisis. Uh, then we had Richard Donner. Um, he's actually the director of the Superman movie. Did you see that on the cover of the book? I didn't even pick up on it, yeah. Um, oh, maybe it's not on the cover. I have it here in my hand. There, it's on the back. Okay. On the very bottom. So, um, yep, uh... And it's the one starring Christopher uh, uh, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Yep. So he was involved in this, and then uh, he also did some other work on some other Superman comics. Uh, Adam Kerbert is an artist, uh, mainly Marvel stuff like Unlimited X Men, Uncanny X Men, Ghost Rider, um, Blaze, Beard of Vengeance, and then. Gary Frank is an artist, uh, mainly DC, a lot of Superman. Uh, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, which mm. is one that I would like to check out someday. Yeah. And then uh, Batman Earth One, which if you haven't read that, I really do recommend Batman Earth One. They're, they're cool stories. Um, so anyway, uh, more to the point, uh, we're going to be talking about Superman Last Son. Uh Without giving away what you completely think, as far as a Superman story, how did you think, Good think it story. was? Good story. <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of action, a lot of back and forth, a lot of wondering what's on the next page, and I like that. I was going to say, did, did you have it figured out at all? Yeah, I've actually, I've heard this story before. Oh. So, and don't ask me how or why, I don't remember, but as I was reading it, it was like a, it was like a, Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. So heard the story before. Cannot tell you from where or when, but well, I definitely knew it, or or at least maybe I knew variants of it and, and parts of it. One of the uh, internet rabbit holes you fell into yeah, at some point 100%. or another. <clears throat> so Superman believes that he is the last son of Krypton, right? I mean, he's Krypton blew up. He's he was it. Hundred um, percent. And then in this story, a uh, rocket lands in Metropolis with a young Kryptonian boy. Uh, Superman feels very responsible for him and actually kidnaps him from the government, mm -hmm. which I don't know. Is that odd? <clears throat> no, actually, it was, um, in my opinion, I'm surprised Superman ever let him go with the government in the first place. You know, um, he was too trusting there. And that's, that is one of the, that was one of my problems when I was kind of out rowing Superman is the naivety of him and how he just kind of just whatever somebody says he takes it after word and just goes with it and it's like you know <laughs> okay so that's that's exactly where i was going to that because you brought up the boy scout aspect yeah. um i i was surprised that superman even let him go with the government to begin with but when you look at him being the boy scout is it actually more of a shock that he true kidnapped true. him yeah um so that's basically all we get in the first issue the um it's basically uh, Superman's personality on display throughout this the whole first issue of this uh, book. Um, he he we see him at the Daily Planet. He thinks Perry is too hard on Jimmy Olsen. Um, and then there was the conference room with uh, uh, what was his name, Sergeant Steel. Mm -hmm. And it, Sergeant Steel is a uh, sports writer. 
mm-hmm. and he's a jerk. And um, or no, that wasn't. No, Sergeant Steele's the military. He's guy. the military guy that yeah. was smoking around the boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm I. Let's let's put a little asterisk in here. How long ago did we read this? Oh, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been we've been putting it off because of the illnesses we've both had, both families. So it was it was easier to get together with a guy that lives across the Atlantic Ocean than someone that lives down the road. Yeah, from I, love, me. I love five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, a little bit rusty on this, but yes, we we see uh, Superman not letting Sergeant Steel smoke around the Kryptonian boy, which is kind of funny because yeah. he's Kryptonian. Right, right. Um, but there's that big boy scout, um, and then. Superman sits with him until he falls asleep. The boy. The boy, yeah. And I actually love that part. Yeah. It shows that he's, you know, even though he doesn't know who it is, he at this point, I mean, I think they figured out that it's Kryptonian, but I think in the back of his head, he's still like, is he though? Kind of thing. And, you know, it just shows the almost the humanity of Superman. Like, hey, you know, boy's probably scared. I need to do whatever I can do to try and help him feel safe and comfortable and the next morning he goes with a toy i don't remember what it was was it a teddy bear bear? i think it's teddy bear yeah and he's he's taking a toy to this kid to help him cope and and like you said um the government kind of kidnaps him and takes him away and one of my favorite uh panels is when that happens too when when he grabs sergeant steel and holds him up against the wall and his eyes just turn red and he's two inches from sergeant steel's face with red eyes and then Sergeant Steel cracks and tells him what's going on. Yeah. Um, big Boy Scout until he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then finding out that he is Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants something from this boy. Sure. The story, this, that. He becomes like the hottest commodity in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the person, the one person that doesn't want anything to do with the boy is Lois Lane. Right. So we get this whole relationship dynamic between Superman and Lois, and in this story, they she knows they are in a relationship. I are they married? <clears throat> I don't know that it ever says, but the way I'm taking it, yes, because it seems like they live together and everything. So I'm gonna oh yes, you are right there. They're yeah. married. So she is not sold on the fact of taking in this kid, and Superman right. wants to raise him as their own. Mm-hmm. Um. And the government kind of does agree to play nice, not that they would really have much of a choice. Right. And then, of course, who does want him? Lex Luthor. Right. And we get one of my favorite Superman villains mm-hmm. in Bizarro. One of mine, too. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, Bizarro tries to uh, take him, and amid the chaos, uh, Lois actually fears for the boy's safety, and that kind of like changes her mind. Yeah. And this this whole lead up to what we actually find out at the end of issue two, which is kind of the big twist of this one, like you said, it's it's building the humanity of Superman, the relationship of Lois, and I don't have a ton of Superman comics on my shelf. I can actually count them. One, two, three. I'm somewhere around eight or nine. Um, I'm going to say like ten at the most. The best ones that I have read are the ones where it builds on Superman's humanity. It's not the ones where he is the big, powerful oak just beating people down. Sure. It's the one where he is, I guess, being the Boy Scout, but not the naive Boy Scout. Right. Um, so we're seeing him care for a child. 
we're seeing him, you know, help Lois to see that this is the right thing to do and, you know, get through her own feelers and reservations with it. And it's through all of that writing that they do and the dialogue in it, you yourself feel an affection for this kid Mm -hmm. and you want to see him do well. I mean, it helps that he's a child, but... um, Yeah, and and it's also, you know, tears on the heartstrings because he wants to stay with Superman. Right. He wants to be raised by Superman and stay with Lois and stuff. And you can tell there's a weird dynamic there when Lois says no and he says please and, and, you know, it's tearing Superman in two ways. You know, and that's pretty cool. Um, so they, um, this, I get the point behind this, but it is one of the things that bugs me about Superman. The, after this whole thing with Bizarro, the boy, I'm making quotation marks with my finger, Mm -hmm. uh, disappears. Yeah. And all of a sudden Clark and Lois have a, um, I think they say it's Clark's nephew. I think they say it's Lois's sister's kid or something like that. It's a nephew somewhere. Yeah. And, like, no one questions it? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you might be able to convince me of the whole Superman putting on glasses and no one really knows. (laughs) But all of a sudden, these two people show up with a kid after a kid goes missing. Yeah. And then this kid was on every newspaper, TV show. You know, like, this, this was major news. And all they did was put glasses on him. And they put glasses on him. So, um... What's thinner than paper? Because that's whatever is thinner yeah. than paper. This is what that is. Yeah. But um, I guess that's probably more of the charm of the Superman comics. Yeah. Um, but issue number two ends with kind of a, a twist. And I wanted to ask you if you've seen it coming, but you said you kind of already. New story. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't completely shocked. But still, when you're reading something like this and you don't know the story in and out, it's still it's exciting to see stuff like that happen. So unfortunately, um, I am gonna we're gonna end up having to say because the rest of the plot focuses on this. Yeah. Um, so for those of you out there that are thinking you want to read this and don't want spoilers, you're just gonna have to cut the episode off right now because spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um. The boy actually is the son of General Zod. Yep. And Ursa. And Ursa, yep. And I didn't see it coming the first time I read it. I had no idea. Yeah, like I said, I I can't remember where, but I knew this story from somewhere. So in uh, issue three, Zod, Ursa, and Ursa, and Nan invade the Fortress of Solitude... And they listen to the hologram of Jarrell explain, and uh, he explained Zod and the history of the Phantom Zone. Um, Zod has a fit of Zod has a fit of rage, destroying the uh, Sun Crystals, which are like the Kryptonian historical um, kind of like a records. USB port. Yeah, yeah records, <laughs> you can say. Yeah. Um, and you know, it. I think that was important to the character of Zod because he's always talking about how he's trying to save Krypton. Mm-hmm. But if he's trying to save Krypton, there he is destroying history. Yeah, I think in his head he's destroying the history that he believes is wrong. Right. And I, I think that that is kind of commentary of um, 
what's what's the Simpson quote? Have you ever tried to go mad without power? It's no fun. No one listens to you. Yeah. It's it's kind of that thing yeah. where he's he's mad with power and um, it it really just in our eyes we see it as you know counter to what he's trying to do because he's destroying this history and he's a madman on a rampage. But we really don't get an explanation of how they got out of the Phantom Zone yet, and that was the part that really drove me nuts. Um, and and the little boy, by the way, is they named him Chris. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Um, no one really knows how Chris got out of the Phantom Zone and um, how him being out is what aided Zod's escape. And it's also really unclear why they um, they needed Chris to take over the Earth. Because as soon as they get to Earth and destroy the Fortress of Solitude, the next thing they do is go and take Chris back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, this is the problem with reading books and then waiting like a month because i abbreviate everything mm-hmm. yeah and i have no idea what um where did they take him uh oh they they take him to the daily planet for a yeah. trial run of this is my son while general zod and them are are um destroying the fortress of solitude that that's what i have written yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. um and while are while they are at the daily planet is when Zod and his crew come to come to take over. Um, and the other thing I thought was weird is Superman didn't know who they were. He knew one. He knew Jack Soar. Do you remember right when they finally get to the city it, when the attack starts, he says Jack Soar's free? So he knew that one. And this is my one problem with the Superman story is, you know, and you brought this up earlier that, uh, you know, Clark Kellel always thinks that he's the last son of Krypton, but he knows about the Phantom Zone. He knows who's there. He knows there's Kryptonians there. Now, I granted they're criminals, and he's never going to let them out. But he's not technically the last son of Krypton. Um, it's the one I guess it kind of bothers me a little bit. But well, there's also the Bottle City of Candor. That's true. Yeah, but he didn't know about that. Not not at this point. He doesn't know. He didn't know about that. So that's a little different. But still. Um. But yeah, I, I, I always, I don't know where I picked it up from, but I, I always kind of, like, through the, like the uh, Kryptonian crystals, the histor- mm-hmm. history crystals, you, you would have thought that he would have knew who Zod was. He probably did, but like, <clears throat> think about it in, in, you know, trying to think about it in his mind. He thinks there is absolutely no way they're ever out. Oh, that's true. So maybe, you know, he's thinking, oh my gosh, this looks like Zod. There's no way it's Zod. You know what I mean? Or, or maybe he didn't. But I just look at it as this would be such a shock to him that he would know, probably not know what to do in any way, shape, or form. And when Zod shows up, he is completely and totally prepared because he has the Phantom Projector. And um, he releases more of the prisoners... And ends up sending Superman to the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. and that's how that issue ends. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, the action in this one is good. Mm-hmm. It gets better though. Oh yeah, yeah. So in issue four, Superman's trapped in the Phantom Zone, and the uh, Justice League is—they're um, getting whipped. Yeah, I, there's a there's a panel where it shows a 
couple of them getting essentially arrested and brought in. Yep. Um, they, they seem to be absolutely powerless against um, the army of Kryptonians, which makes complete and total sense. Complete sense, Because yeah. if you were to ask me who would win in a fight, General Zod or Batman... <laughs> General Zod all day, every day. <laughs> I don't think I can say Batman. Yeah. And and I am a Batman homer. Even with Batman having three months to plan. I just don't think there's any chance there. Not really. Um, so, while in the Phantom Zone, though, Superman runs into Mon-El, um, who is the only innocent person to ever be sent to the Phantom Zone, and he was sent there by Superman mm-hmm. to save his life. Right. He had lead poisoning. What is his race? I forget what his race is, but it's very similar to Kryptonians right. in, in a lot of ways. And he actually got lead poisoning while he was out of the Phantom Zone. And the only way to stop it was for Superman to send him to the Phantom Zone with the promise of, I'm going to figure out how to cure you. Um, I'm actually really glad you remembered that because I did not remember that he was a different race. Yeah, he's a different race. Um, I, can, they, I think they say it in the book. I just can't remember, um, but it's very, very, very similar to Kryptonian. Yep, and, and was it was it from one of their moons? I think it was even a planet that was it like a be. neighboring planet. Yeah, it could be. I do not remember for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, there is like this this full prison that is unaffected by the Phantom Zone in mm-hmm. there. Yep. And when you go into that prison, so. In the Phantom Zone, it's like kind of like suspended animation. Time doesn't exist. You don't age. This is why the lead poisoning doesn't affect uh, Monel. Yep. Uh, when you go into the prison, though, you are affected by it. Right. So, um, this is actually how Chris came to be, and uh, why when he was sent to Earth, the portal kind of stayed open. It was like he had a tether tied to him, and how they got out. They figured out that. Um, I'm assuming that Chris had to be conceived, birthed, and then raised inside of that prison for him to age to what he was. Because he wasn't a baby when he got there. Right, birth. right, yeah. That, that, was, that was my complete understanding as well, that he, he probably pretty much lived most of his life inside that prison where time is affecting him and he is growing and aging. Um, so, you know, of course, this how Superman getting back... And, you know, Mon-El has to put his life at risk, being inside of the prison to help Superman get back. And we, we see this whole um, part where even though the whole world is in danger from these Kryptonians, Superman's concern is actually with the remorse he feels, feels for um, not uh, finding a cure for Mon-El. Right. Yeah, you can tell it really bothers him, it really beats him up, and he even... A little bit of a spoiler alert. When he gets back out, he even promises, I'm still working on it. You know, I'm, I'm going to figure this out for you kind of thing. Um, I have yet to see a story where he actually does. I actually don't. I Maybe this is the only book that Monel is even in. I'm not sure, yeah. Um, I think it could be a good story, though. Actually, yes, that's that would be a good one. But here again, uh, like I said earlier, the best Superman books are the ones where we get to see his humanity... And with everything going on, instead of Superman doing, you know, hey, I need your help, millions upon millions of people could end up dying, Superman's almost reluctant to ask Monel's help. Right. 
Um, he doesn't want Monel to help because to help him, he's again being affected by the the lead poisoning, which is killing him. Um, but they they do find a way to get Superman home, and uh, a new fortress is is built, and it's one where Earth's heroes are being held captive, as well as Lois and Chris. Um, and then Chris acts out. Uh, to protect Lois, and we quickly learn why he wants to stay with Superman. Um, he is, and you assume his whole life he was, you know, very abused by his parents and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, <laughs> I, I I talked about this in one of my previous episodes. It was. Uh, Joker Volume 1. I don't like when villains get redemptive stories. I don't like it. Mm, I don't mind some. If you turn them into anti-heroes and it works, some of them work. Venom's one of my favorite characters. Right, right, right. Love Venom. I do think he works better as a villain. I don't like Lex Luthor redemptive stories, but I do like when Lex Luthor is forced to team up with Superman. Yeah. Fun. And and like I said, I kind of knew this story a little bit, but that was one that if I didn't know this story, I forgot. And when I got to that in the book, I'm like, oh, here we go. Because you know? <laughs> it's fun watching him team up because you always know in the back of his head he's going to do something, try and screw over Superman. Well, and in this one, he's very open about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's very blatantly, this is why I'm saving the Earth from Kryptonians because then people look at me as the hero yep. and I was right all along. Yep. And uh, he also has employed uh, Parasite, Metallo, and Bizarro. Which, a good combo to fight Kryptonians. Yeah. A real yeah. good combo. Yep. Um, and again, all, all three great villains. And they don't really have a redemptive side at all. They are basically just released to go out there and, and take out Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, it's fun. So, in the fifth issue, we get... Um, Luther and his team just storm Metropolis, and there is just a ton of, you know, Metallo, Parasite, and Bizarro just beating up. Yeah, on if Kryptonians. I remember right, um, uh, Parasite and Metallo are standing up on a on a on a balcony of a building, and they just start like attacking Kryptonians that are flying by, and then slowly more and more come after them, and. And Metallo's using his different Kryptonian or uh, Kryptonites to do different things to him. I remember he turns one into a, a goat or something. I forget what he turns him into. Turns him into an animal and then stomps and crushes his head. Just it's just so cool to see stuff I, like that. I don't remember what he turns him into, but the the whole they um, have different colored different Kryptonites. Co- yep, yep. So you know, green kryptonite, weakened Superman. I, I don't remember which one. Um, I think that was the gold, he said, messes with their Kryptonian DNA or something like that. And it and transforms them. Transforms them into an animal or something like stomps on his head. Yeah, they're, cool. they're, they're sitting there, Metallos rotating through the kryptonite and yeah. just basically Red, playing with the effects. Gold, yeah, yeah. Yep, that, that's really fun. Um, well, unless you're a Kryptonian. Yeah, unless you're one of the guys <laughs> flying by. Um, and while this is all happening, Superman and Lex Luthor are having a discussion with each other, and they're basically like debating each other's character. And this is one of my favorite parts of the book, yeah, because it really shows you why these two are such rivals, enemies, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
do you remember what Luther says that Superman does? Why why he despises Superman so much? No, I don't remember. Because he hinders humanity. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing with Luther. He always thinks of of Superman, no matter what he does, as a hindrance to the growth of the human race. Um, and, and I get his point to an extent. I don't remember if it was a book, a show, a movie, but I remember Luther one time talking about why he personally thinks that it's bad is because he says with people always relying on Superman there to save the day, we don't have to grow to be able to save ourselves. Right. And that's his issue with it. I mean, one of his issues with it. I'm sure there's sure. multiple. But... Superman's response to that is... He just doesn't think Lex Luthor is interested in humanity at all. He thinks that's a, a BS answer, right. and he's not buying it. Um, so Lex's response, Superman is basically like, if, if I'm that much of a hindrance, why haven't you killed me? Excuse me. And Lex says, well, that would just turn you into a martyr. If I murder you, then I'm the bad guy because I murdered you, right. and you get to die a hero. To me, that logic seems kind of weak. If he is, um, I mean, if he hates Superman as much as he does, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I agree with what he's saying, though. It would. Regardless, even after all this goes down, you know, and maybe humanity has a different look on Kryptonians and stuff, even still, I think if you kill Superman, who all his life of being a hero in the around Earth has always done good... I think it would leave a bad taste in people's mouth. And I think Luther knows that. I mean, he's not stupid. Yeah. Oh, and he has the backing of the entire Justice League. Mm-hmm. And probably most of the governments of the world. Like like you said, he's not stupid. Right. So, um, but I, I loved that section where we get that character debate between the two of them. I, I, yeah. I, it was a, a great place in the book, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I do kind of wish the battle had more um, of the others in it, um, but the point was that it was Superman versus Zod, and Luther's plan to send them all back to the Phantom Zone, and then we get Luther's little asterisk behind it. Yep. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Anybody who's ever been there goes back. Right. That's his plot. That's his that's his final plan. Everybody. And and everybody who's ever been there includes Superman. Who just got out. So, um And he knows it. He just leaves that little tidbit of information out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he he uh neglects to Yeah. He it must have slipped his mind. Doesn't yeah. tell Superman that yeah. part. So, uh Again, he's smart. He he's finding these ways to constantly get rid of Superman without being uh, the bad guy's probably not the right word, but yeah. you know, without the responsible party. Yeah, right. That's a good way to put it. Um, so at the end, Luther releases the Phantom Zone protect the Phantom Zone projector, and everybody's getting sucked back in including Chris, and Superman is trying to hold Chris in, and uh, he ends up just telling Superman to let go, that he'll be okay, and he is the reason that the portal is still open. Right. He knows he was the first one out. He, Like you said earlier, he is the tether. 
he has to go back for it to close. And Superman being Superman doesn't want to accept that. Right. But um, the the little guy kind of talks him into it, and he sends himself back into um, the Phantom Zone. And this is one of the things... <clears throat> excuse me. This is one of the things about Superman stories that almost seems like it always comes up that way. Superman always inspires greatness. Right. In, in Superman stories, there is always someone else that steps up and ends up being the hero. All, all the all the good ones that I've read. Yeah. And in this case, he you know inspired a young boy to do the right thing, even though he knows Chris, even though he knows he's going to be alone in that Phantom Zone with people that are, you know, that hate him now because right. he sided with Superman. Um. Because of that inspiration to. Um, for people to to be better, to aspire to be great, uh, that kind of flips back on the whole discussion that he had with Lex Luthor, and you can kind of counter it. Is he a hindrance if he's an inspiration? Right. <clears throat> um. So and then it ends kind of on a, well, it ends with um, Superman talking to Monel. Yep. Who's in search of Chris and they can't find him. Talk through the projector, yep. And then the actual end, Lex Luthor's in jail. Yeah, I, I, I assume that... It doesn't go to much detail there, but I assume they figured out that he was trying to essentially get rid of everybody. Yeah, but I don't know why that puts him in jail. I don't either. I don't really it, it was a confusing end for me yeah. because I didn't see that Lex Luthor did anything illegal no no or was it because uh, of the company he kept guilty by association kind of thing because no, Metallo got arrested Parasite got arrested Bizarro got arrested they all got arrested after the whole fight and everything went down so was it you know being an accomplice I don't know it doesn't really tell you it does it's just kind of a it's kind of a strange end yeah but I mean, I, listen, he probably deserves to be in jail. <laughs> I just would like there to be a reason no, behind it. Like, we just got a weird panel of him sitting in jail. Like, oh, by the way, this is what happened to Luther. Yeah. Like, there was no, like... I would have loved... I, I have my dislikes written down here. And... I'm sure this isn't in the book. But again, it's been a while, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Once Chris goes back into the Phantom Zone, Superman doesn't have any outrageous tantrums, right? No. I would have loved that. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen him go to Luther and, like, grab Luther and threaten to kill him. And, yeah. And I would have loved to have seen Luther have a smirk on his face, like, this is what I want you to do. But at the end of the day, too, I think a lot of people forget the, the level of intellect Superman has. He probably pieced it together that for for Zod and Ursa and Non and everyone to go back, Chris was probably going to have to go back too. He probably didn't want to accept it, but he probably knew it. I, and, and I agree with that, but I still would have liked to have seen that immediate knee-jerk yeah. reaction of, yeah. I lost someone that I was kind of considering my son. Yeah. And just like a just a quick little burst of rage for him to go after Luther, and I would have loved a snarky Luther comment. Just, just to kind of tie that whole thing together, yeah. instead of don't don't show me Luther in jail. That doesn't do anything sure. for me. Yeah, 
It was, um, it was, it was kind of a, a letdown for the Luther ending of it. Yeah. My, uh, my other complaint is the format of this is a little strange. You, the panels, the way they're set up, mm-hmm. most often you read the story starting in the top left corner. Right. And you go to the top right corner, and then you go down to the middle of the book. Right. Like, reading the whole way across the open book instead yep. of a page-to-page. Page. Yeah. Um, that kind of bothered me a little bit. And, and, and some, they did combine both pages. It was just weird how it was laid out. It was it was a little... Like, I, I caught myself a time or two, like, reading down, like, wait a minute, I missed something. I had to go back because of the way it was laid out. Right. Um, is there anything else, any other dislikes that you had with it? One minor one, just me being a little fussy about it, is there wasn't a lot of Superman action for it being a Superman book. And I just thought that was a little uh, strange. Uh, you know, and I get this, where the story's going. It's it's almost supposed to be that, that Superman's all backpedaling. He's on the back foot. You know what I mean? He doesn't know what's happening, where he's got, what he's got to do, what he's got to do next. But I'd like to just see even even a one-page or two-page real good fight with him and Zod or something. You know, something. And there just wasn't a lot of Superman action. So my last uh, dislike I have... Um... The way I have it wrote is I, I didn't like the format of the, the way the panels were set up, and I have, that's it. Well, okay. Maybe one more epic fight that um, had Superman against yeah. Zod. Yeah, it was just it was just kind of like uh, for a Superman story, there wasn't a lot of Superman action. Or like um, when uh, uh, the Justice League was released. You didn't really get much there either. It was just like, okay, we're going back to Metallo and, and, and Parasite. I didn't... I didn't mind not seeing the Justice League as much sure. because it was a Superman story, but there really wasn't Superman action. Yeah, yeah. It was, so it was good action. Don't get me wrong. Throughout the book, just not what you may expect reading this story. Right. Um. So, what are your high points of it? Two. Well, one I already kind of talked about. I just loved when Superman grabbed Sergeant Steel with those red eyes and was like, "Listen, you're going to tell me what I want to do now." <laughs> You're going to have two holes in your head kind of thing. And obviously Superman would never do that, but just he put the fear of God in him, and I thought that was cool. My other, I don't know why, I just thought this panel looked cool. The art, the way it all happened, is when Chris's ship first was coming into Metropolis, and Superman hears it, I think, or he see, he's in the Daily Planet. He either hears it or he sees it out the window, I forget, but he sees it coming, so he runs out of Perry's office and, and is ripping his shirt off, you know, Superman style. And you see the line of the ship coming down, and then you see the line of Superman coming to intersect it. And there's, I forget what it says, like thump or something. And it just throws, not throws Superman, but it, it's the ship is coming in with such velocity, it just completely takes Superman with him and crashes into a building, and I think then down on the street and stuff. So just showing as strong as Superman is, I don't think he was expecting that thing to come in as hard as it was coming. And just things like that. But as, as overall high point to the story itself, um, again, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's not, a, I don't want to say it's a high point of the story, but it's something I want more of is the whole mon thing. I just think there's so much there that could be cool because you could tell it really bothered Superman. There was a lot of interaction in that jail because Superman, I don't think we talked about it, but in that jail, he fought, I forget the guy's name. He fought somebody there oh, um, and that's why mon came in to help him. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um... Who was that? It was a it was a weird named, you know, one of the criminals from from back in the day. Of he Krypton. was like one of the first ones that got sent. Yeah, or I think something so. Like I think that. he was like a scientist, like like Jor-El that went mad or something. I forget, but 
Um, that's why Monel had to come in and start, you know, essentially taking the damage of the lead poisoning again was to save Superman because he got jumped by this guy. And, and, and in that area, Superman didn't have power. So this guy was a lot bigger than Superman and was really, really thumping him and, and had to jump on him. So that's why Monel even came in I helping. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I just wish there was more to the Monel thing. I just think that could be a really cool story in and of itself. Yeah, I I love the art style to this. Yeah, really. I I typically like, um, I like the '90s a little bit better than this. Yeah. Um, but I I do think this is really well done. Um, as far as the story goes, I love that it was to the point. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of messing around. There wasn't a lot of side stuff. Sometimes that's okay if you're reading a longer. Um, story arc. Yeah. This is what? I think five issues. Yeah. So they didn't... There wasn't anything that was referenced from another story arc. There was nothing. This is self-contained five issues. Here's what we have. Right. And it was to the point. I, I really did enjoy that. I think it's safe to say they maybe could have added one more issue for more action. Yeah. That would have been... I, I don't think it would have hurt the story in any way, shape, or form. Still a great story. Still to the point. But just a little bit more... A little bit more, you know, action happening would have been would have been really neat. I think. And I I think I said something very similar to this. The actually our our last sidekick episode review we did was uh, Superman Emperor Joker. Mm-hmm. We were calling it uh, Superman Arkham at the time because I was trying to hide that that twist there. Mm-hmm. But um, like that story. This is a great um, who is Superman or what is Superman about? Right. And I think that was the point, and that might be why there wasn't as much Maybe. Superman action, because they didn't want you to focus on his strength. They want you to focus on his humanity. Yeah, and again, we both said that that was a really cool part of the story, was that humanity side of Superman. Yeah. Um, so, on this show, I have four categories. Mm-hmm. It's what are you doing, get on it, mm-hmm. pick it up. And pass. I would, me personally, I'd put it at get on it. I don't think it's the best story ever, but it's a very good story. Um, again, if you're if you're a comic reader that's into action, this one doesn't have as much. But when it comes to again the humanity of Superman and a good story and the way it all goes together and fits together, I think this is a great story. Uh, for me, I actually have. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, I. For a while, I thought Superman Emperor Joker was going to be my favorite uh, Superman story. Mm-hmm. But when I came back to this and read this, I I still think this is my favorite Superman story. It's a good one. It's a good so, one. Um, so you are saying get on it, mm-hmm. and I am saying, what are you doing? Yeah. So um, two opinions tell you... This is a good Superman story. Exactly. So I I uh, I'm want to thank you for uh, doing this with me, man. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna cut this recording. We're actually gonna jump right into another one. I have no idea when that releases, but uh, we're we're gonna sit here and talk a little more Superman yet. Let's do it. All right, guys. We'll uh, catch you on the next one. And uh, until next week, get out there and save the world, you bunch of heroes. <laughs>